Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello. And our lovely repeat guest, Lindsay Schoolcraft. Hi. Lindsay, how are you today? I'm okay. I'm in, I'm in a weird place. I think we all are, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry. I think uh, we're in the weirdest place. Yeah, sorry to lag on my end, but uh, yes, uh, we were supposed to chat, chat today about the Junos, weren't we? And then mm-hmm. <laughs> that's no no go. Well, what do you explain? Because a lot of people uh, in the U.S. and Europe don't know about much about the Junos. I know you explained it last time, but kind of explain what just happened with the Junos. Yeah. Uh, the Junos are like the Canadian version of the Grammys. It's the highest uh, award uh, and honor being a musician. It's supposed to have it in the middle of the country uh, this past weekend. And then upon landing uh, Thursday morning, we found out that they pulled the plug and canceled everything. So mm-hmm. we decided to stay the night pretty tired from an early flight and we just flew back home um but the whole time like I don't know I think working for a big professional band for so long has prepared me for the worst I I don't know how to put it I guess I'm kind of used to disappointment because like big things can get canceled and I I started to adopt this weird attitude of I'll believe it when I see it like because you know, in our industry, nothing, like, there's no HR, there's no union, like, unless you want to be part of one, like, so it's just kind of like, okay, well, I hope it actually happens, and I mean, I've, I've had gigs where up until an hour before going on stage, they got canceled, so the guys are like, are you okay, and I'm like, you know, I traveled with my, my drummer, and my producer, and my boyfriend, and they're like, are you okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, like, I'm so used to this, like, it didn't phase me, um, but the strange thing is since then with the Junos, there's been no communication. Like, like the winners were supposed to be announced Sunday and we've heard nothing. So I'm stuck in limbo as a nominee and I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, okay. So how did you find out that it was canceled? You just landed and you checked your phone and people were like, yeah, wow. yeah. actually most of the people on the plane were working the event for it. Oh man, that's really gotta suck. It's in the middle of the country in a place called Saskatoon. Yeah, we were all just like, there was people from Canada Post, which is a big news, uh, sorry, news outlet. There was uh, like people from different affiliations. Uh, oh God. Were you like getting out your business so card? A lot, so a lot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was weird. <laughs> we were all like kind of networking on the plane because it was a small flight, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of people were smart. That plane was being sanitized and then sent straight back to Toronto and there was four seats available. So smart people just stood outside the gate and rebooked their seats and went home. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, oh my gosh, don't mind me. I'm in the coffee. Um, 
where uh you know we stayed we stayed for 24 hours but it was good because i got in i got in you know an interview with a big radio outlet and then uh, nice. we went to visit dingwall based guitars in the middle of the you know the city uh so it, it was it was really cool it was a nice little experience i feel like it was good for the guys to get out and do something because they they haven't really done anything on the level that i've done things yet so mm -hmm. being able to show them a little piece of that world was really nice um, mm -hmm. But just unfortunate circumstances. So you don't have any idea when the winners are going to be announced? Is that what you said? or did Nothing. I really? Yeah, we, we've heard nothing. Like most of, I'm, I'm in company with people in my category and all the other nominees that I know. And they've just, they're like, we've heard nothing. Interesting. You know? And I mean, in the case, yeah, in the case of like, a big event like this, you know, the first thing I have to do and sure guess what to do with their partners, you know, and I know that mm. the city just tell that they, they needed this for their economy and it's been taken away from them. And that's really sad too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now. Okay. So now well, just what, what I don't understand is like, if the Junos were supposed to be last weekend, couldn't they just like like haven't they decided who won? <laughs> yeah, it should be predetermined. I have to like etch up the, the trophies and everything. It's gonna sound so bad. I'm gonna I'm never gonna get invited to a European award show ever again. But they usually tell the winners in advance to make sure that show up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They've kind of predetermined it like once the nominees are announced. Yeah. Like I could have been information like you know under wraps which I appreciate because there's a surprise element do you know what I mean mm -hmm. um but yeah like uh I don't know like uh, no one knows no you know just it's such a weird place to be in I mean more than anything I'm really concerned about the state of the industry right now like I kind of got over it really quickly and came home straight yeah. into isolation <laughs> so yeah so okay like yeah how are you thinking about generating income during this time out of curiosity if you're willing to say honestly uh i've still been running my my free song opt-in which uh provides free songs and then by the end of it uh if you know if someone hasn't purchased anything there is a special uh discount code for them if they want to get something from my site uh you know i um i spoke about it with leah at savvy musician academy and she doesn't think that people are going to stop buying during this period because yeah. real i've already bought a bunch of books to keep mm -hmm. me occupied and educated so i i you know maybe people are going to need the entertainment while they're uh, isolated so at least i have my shop and like an advertisement running to help me there the money isn't like incredible you know in our industry it's definitely event-based uh income mm -hmm. like when you have a release or a new special thing coming out when you have an event going uh that that is what generates better income and i'm on the verge of that i don't i have a second merch launch in may and then a harp album coming out in what i plan to be july but mm -hmm. i mean until then it's kind of like i just have to make the best of what i got so you know a lot of my creative friends and musician <laughs> friends, especially, unfortunately, those who've lost tours, they're just like, what do I do? And I'm like, go home and write. Just, you know, like, 
we're so tangled up in the business these days with being our own managers, marketers, everything. Like mm -hmm. this is a chance for you to go back to like what feels like high school and just write music because now, right now you don't really, you don't really have to do anything. There's not much you can do. Yeah. During this time you can run ads, which I have been doing. I've actually dumbass forgot to target teenagers because they're all home on March break. So Oops. I'm going to have to recalibrate another ad next week because here in, here in Canada, uh, let's go. Yeah. Like the March break has been extended for uh, three weeks. I don't know if I'd appeal to the uh, teenagers. I'm not a K-pop band, but you know, it's worth trying since they're at home. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm just going straight into getting this harp album done. It's going to be done quicker than I thought because now that the industry's kind of shut its doors in quite a few ways, there's not a whole hell of a lot I can do. Um, yes. So that's, that's, that's where it's at right now. Well, in actual fact, you're probably in a better position now due to having left cradle of filth because now you have full control over your sales versus before you were dependent upon them paying you, correct? Well, it was that. It was like, yes, I, I did get income from cradle, but it wasn't yeah. consistent, right? So yeah. like if we didn't tour for six months, I'd be working somewhere. But now that I fully have like control of my career and also with managing my other band on the side, which is we're, we're like, oh God, we have flights booked. Like, what's going to happen next month? You uh -oh. know, like, we're trying to make a backup plan right now, too. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I, I've had all the time in the world to do what's necessary, and I'm, I'm noticing that my solo career is accelerating because I I no longer have to uh, pause and stop everything just for Cradle of Filth. That's awesome. Um, which, yeah, I'm, I, I feel like I'm in a good position. And I know they're doing just fine. Like, they're finishing up the album right now. So, like, you know, all systems go on both ends. I'm really happy for them. And they're really happy for me, which is nice. You don't hear about, like, per se, band breakups. I'm doing a little bunny ears in quotes. Band breakups that go very well. But this one was extremely peaceful and supportive, which is nice. That's good. Okay, yeah. so now, okay, so now what are some of the things that you're doing to take advantage then of this other than just writing? Is there like any type of sales specifically that you're trying to do or just normal stuff? Yeah. So <laughs> I have 300 vinyls on the way to my house right now. Oh God. And it's like, uh, where, where do I do? I did. It was strange to the launch because of the global situation yeah. uh, but I've planned for May 8th to do the second shop launch so I'm actually in planning mode right now I'm writing up uh, product descriptions for my Shopify my web store right I'm making sure the photos are taken and sent to my designer so they can get the white background to match my shop uh, like all that that prep stuff. So I'm not really, I'm not really generating any sales because I made enough sales to tie me over. And uh, mm -hmm. I've had, you know, live shows since then. Uh, so like, I just kind of, I make my money. I toss it away. I, I, I know I hoard it. I'm like, no, this money is just for survival. 
the end and then uh yeah i'm more in i'm more in preparation and planning mode so you know i'm planning for this second merch launch but also i'm recording and producing uh this harp album due out this summer so i'm really in like a building planning mode right now but i'm really like oh god i feel so right and recording music like that is my my lifeline so but it's good because like once that's said and done i will really mean that the uh the advertisement for free songs which is like an opt-in funnel and uh it generates a little stream of income it is working but mm-hmm. Right now, you know, with the economy, I guess to say polls are about to be, no one's really tossing money at the arts. So I'm making, I just, I'm getting like a little few dollars trickling in here and there, which is nice. Passive income is a beautiful thing when you can earn money and you didn't really have to do much to get it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, if anything, now, now that it's downtime, uh, I'm actually into performance royalties and collecting my royalties which mm-hmm. is also like something that a lot not a lot of people do there's actually societies for performance royalties on recordings which i just found out about signing up for that submitting my live sets to so which will pay me as the writer and uh sure. then going forward with independent publishing so yeah like it's like there's still money to be made you just gotta know where to find it right Totally. And how do you think that this is going to affect the launch of your harp harp album? Or do you think it's going to be just be uh, like, I mean, how, let me rephrase that. Do you think that the current situation, if it continues, will affect the launch of of the harp album? Or do you think that you can use it to your advantage somehow? Lindsay? Do we lose Lindsay? Um, the point being, I always appreciate how frank Lindsay is with us about this stuff. No. Lindsay, are you there? One of those things. Okay, you're coming in super laggy. Yeah, we can't uh, hear you, Lindsay. So sorry. Okay, okay give now me we a got second. you. I'm gonna gonna move to you. the good room. I'm gonna okay. move to the good room. Screw this room. <laughs> Just a Hold second it. here. I don't want this to continue like this. Um, okay. How about now? Are things better? No. Are you guys there? No? How about now? No. Now, now they're better. Yeah. I'm literally in the workshop sitting right next to the Wi-Fi. Welcome to my life. Okay, so Night. back to it. I'm going to stand here with my coffee, all professional. Okay, so uh, in my PJs. Um, so so yeah okay this is better this is good um what we're talking about like something that could work to my advantage i don't really feel like what is going on globally right now is something that i can work to my advantage if anything like i'm really more concerned i'm about to send out an email to my fans like wishing them well and letting them know i'm thinking of them and just give them like some inside information on this harp album that will only be exclusive to the email because i just want to cheer people up right now more than anything Um, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm very, I think what we need to adopt is adaptability and being able to improve. And I'm kind of going forward with here in where I live, it's going to be until March, sorry, till April 3rd. 
I'm not, I don't know. I read something this morning. My brain just scattered. But like, okay, so it's like we're on lockdown for two weeks. And then after two weeks, we'll know if we can resume or if we have to be on lockdown. But I've made yep. myself a plan for the next two weeks. And then and business as usual moving forward. So like, I, I don't see this as some, you know, being something that's going to affect me. If I lose my big show in May in my home city, which is sold over like half the venue, it's a big venue, then it's like, okay, then I, you know, I've accepted that I'm going to lose this. But I think recently I've really changed my mindset on like being a business owner and an entrepreneur and just like knowing that like entrepreneurs, we're, pro we're problem solvers, we're innovators. So like if there's an issue, we're going to take advantage of that. So right now with these two weeks, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take some business courses. I'm going to graduate from Savvy Musician Academy. I'm going to plan, you know, like I, I, I'm treating these two weeks like I usually treat my January, February when the industry's at a low anyways, right? Yeah. 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 That's a smart move. Um, what, out of curiosity, what, business stuff are you studying up on currently well uh it's like it sounds kitschy and silly but i'm reading this book called the the millionaire mindset but it's actually a i'm really into my philosophy books on money the like the yep. psychology of uh money and i yep. i don't i don't think it's a bad thing and it's really rewiring your thinking about being someone in a position of uh, wealth because I know how I am a philanthropist. So it's just getting in that sense of that mindset of making your money work for you, living in a place of abundance and wealth, and then how you can change the world. And right. I already feel that in, in every place in my life, in my family, my friends, my fan base, my career, my health i have abundance the only place i don't have abundance is financially and it's like well let's see if we can change that and if i can change that like i would love to do something for the industry i'm sad that i'm in a position right now where i can't help the music industry you know because mm -hmm. i just have enough money to feed myself and pay the bills for the next week and that that bothers me mm -hmm. so you know it, i mean it's i'm never going to stop recording and writing music and the the, from that place of sincerity and vulnerability that's never going to change and I think that's some kind of like I think there's this like rewiring your your mindset and your stereotypes and there's this like idea in the industry that oh once you've made all this money and you're big and famous you you write a shit album because you've lost your inspiration but yeah. I think if you're not a lazy little spoiled shit and you never stop trying to be innovative and you love the creation of music and you're always in that part, like we, we thrive on storytelling. Our, that is what our species does. And if you never forget about that place of storytelling uh, and connecting to people, you'll never write shit music. So I don't, <laughs> I just say shit, but you know what I'm talking about. The sophomore flunk, right? Like all the big bands have gone through it. We've seen artists do it where like, yeah, they do lose their inspiration because they don't have problems anymore. But I don't think the problems stop. I think rap rappers understand it better than us in the heavy metal world because, like, you know, money, more money, more problems. Like, they, yep. <laughs> they never stop writing good albums because they, they know that it, actually there's a whole other set of 
issues you have to deal with with wealth and fame. So no. I'm rewiring my thinking. And I mean, will I become a millionaire? Maybe if I wanted to, I could, but I'm more in the position of if I have that money, what would I do with it? How can I help transform lives? And that's where I'm at right now. That's freaking awesome. What was the name of that book again? I want to read it now. Uh, it's the, uh, the Millionaire Mindset, and it's by Harv, I think, Ecker. I think that. No, uh, that's, that's in the book. It's a good book. It's a very, very good book. I'm loving it. It talks about, uh, it just talks about your relationship with money. Um, the, other, the other book that I've read that ties into that, which is beautiful, uh, it's called Awakening the Entrepreneur Within, and... My, and believe it's Michael Bremer and he or Brenner and in his book he talks about how you should never feel bad about earning money because if you are offering a product or service that transforms people's lives you will always have a source of income and you will always be doing something to better the world was like the whole general idea that I got from that book and I was like okay well I don't feel bad about selling my music because I'm giving a service to the world so um, it's good to own that confidence and educate yourself. In those, uh, okay, I got a question for you. Because okay, because you are unique in one one sense. Most musicians, okay. most musicians are will advertise that they hate money. They want nothing to do with money. Money is evil. Money is bad. Uh, but I mean, prosperity is a good thing, like you said. Yeah. So how so how did how did you shift if if assuming you had this viewpoint at one point, because most people did mm -hmm. shift from the money is bad, money is evil into, you know, prosperity is a good thing out of curiosity. If you were in that yes. position before. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, well, it kind of, when your parents kick you out on your own at 32, you really start to, <laughs> 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 this little fledgling got kicked out of the Eagle's nest when they could already fly. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they, they were like, we got our bungalow, we want to retire, like, get out. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, okay. So they kicked, they, bless them, we have a great relationship. They kicked me out, and now I live with my drummer, and uh, I live in the basement, and um, he gives me really good rent, which I greatly appreciate. But there's been a lot of situations recently in, in, my, in personal and in the industry where, especially in personal, people are suffering with their health, or, uh, you know, they had a crappy boyfriend who took a bunch of money and left them. And there's like, you know, everyone had knows someone by proxy who's going through some kind of situation like this, but also in the industry where I see this artist and their, you know, their partner is very sick and they only need $2,000 to finish their solo album, et cetera, et cetera. I'm starting to see all these situations where I was like, I wish I was in the position where I just had $2,000 I could part with and not battle lash because I want to help these people because I believe in them and I love them. And uh, I'm not in that position. And that started like, that, that got me mad. That got me mad. I was like, okay, this isn't cool. And then I started just out of interest, uh, you know, if there's any good like relationship psychology book, business book, especially business and psychology together. Oh, that's my porn. You know, I'm like, I am full into this book. I will finish this book in a day or two, right? Whatever it may be. And now I'm starting to, the more I understand business, the more I understand what is broken in the world today. So I'm not, okay. There's, I'm not talking crap. I'm just, this is what really inspired me. Um, so Curtis, as you know, there is a government funding for musicians and creatives here in uh, Canada yep. called Factor. Yep. 
and I have been ignored, avoided, rejected, called outdated, like everything in the book. And it's like based on this like 40 page essay on which they, they, they think you should or shouldn't get the money. And then apparently all of a sudden a Juno nomination gets you a free pass. And I don't nice. think that's, I don't think that's right. It's like, yes. Okay. Oh. Finally, like you care about me and you want to help me, but it took 19 years. It took 19 years for you just because I got an award, which again, I'm all about justice. So I, I'm reading this book, The Millionaire Mindset, and it talks about the changes you can do if you have more money. Like, because there's this whole idea of money's bad, I don't want it, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I had a terrible relationship with money growing up. I believe that it made you stressed out. It made your marriage have problems. It, like, it's all about your conditioning growing up. I believe that it was shallow. It made you not be able to be creative because like, you know, my parents are both creative types, but they stressed more about money and it made them lose their creativity. So whatever you have been taught growing up is what is deeply ingrained in you as an adult. So, you know, I'm reading this book and it's like, you know, take a moment to imagine what you could do if you had per se $4 million you earned over two years. And I was like, okay, well, I would start my own grant system, but I would actually interview the artists, make sure that they have business sense, you know, make sure they understand they get they have a business account they understand taxes they uh they you know they're going to invest it in all the right places and then i would actually meet with the artists and develop them and i, I told leah i'm like yo leah this is like our this is our retirement plan <laughs> yep. you know get them into the school and then if they go through the school then i can actually like give them money when they've graduated type of thing i would love to be that person because awesome. i know especially in heavy metal i see so many bands and it's like you know, they, they get really big, really fast. But it's like, man, you know, at one point, I bet there was a point in their career where if they just had $10,000, it would have pushed them just a little bit more. You know what I mean? It would have helped yep. them just a little bit more because money is a tool. It moves things. So yeah, well, it, it's changed my mindset entirely. Well, and it's also like when they have that, like in Iceland, um, you know, like if you're a band on the verge, like we all know that, you know, when you're kind of on that level of like, oh, you're just about ready to do this full time. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, and there's like this period where you're not really making money, but you're about to make money and it really sucks. Yes. And that's where a lot of bands break up, right? It's like that, like, okay, we got to play 200 shows a year for the next three years and then we'll be good phase. Yes. And like, Iceland will like f- just fund you. Like, they'll be like, okay, like, you're a year away from actually doing it, cool. And they'll just pay you a salary so that you can actually do it. You know, so you can play the 200 shows a year to make it happen. See, that is what every emerging artist with, like, I believe if if a band has potential, they're getting traction, and they have business sense, like, I would love to offer a service like that. And I just, you know, it's not a global thing. Like, Iceland gets it. They're they're ahead of the times entirely. They're, you know, I kind of wish I lived there um, <laughs> for multiple reasons. Uh, no offense to Canada. But uh, yeah, that makes sense, you know, and it's so cool that there's like these systems in place. And yeah, I mean, I think if if someone gets it, they've been through it themselves and, and they have such a, like, a giving heart. I don't see why you should hate money because money can transform lives. And you know, fairy goth mother powers. Like, I would love to just be able to, <laughs> you know. Just, it took me a minute to realize it said fairy goth mother. Yeah, and fairy I was goth mother. Like... Swooping on my bat wings, drop you 2K and vanish <laughs> yeah. into the night. You know, that's kind of, 
I would love to do that for people because I see how many unfortunate events occur within this industry, but even within my own personal life. And, and I think maybe it also comes from a place of, in my circle, there's not a lot of caretakers, you know, and, and, and to make a community thrive, there needs to be caretakers. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, I, I, I think about, like I was a sponsor on Austin Terror Fest last year. Mm-hmm. And I think about that a lot because like part of my logic going into that was like, yeah, like I remember the stuff because the guy who runs it, uh, Dorian, who's like a really tight friend is like 18. And I was, I was like, man, like, I remember all the stuff I wanted to do if I had that money when I was 18. So like, fuck it. Right. He probably won't fuck this up. <laughs> nope. and, and I think that's like really important. I think he really kind of yeah. hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Uh, same with, uh, we have Amnesia Rock Fest here in Canada. Yeah. And uh, it's no secret that the owner, you know, uh, him and his mom, who's awesome, came into a ton of money and they said, okay, what are we going to do? And they started a festival. And it's grown to be Canada's biggest music festival. And it's like he's been doing this since his early 20s. But, you know, they've done everything they can to make it work. And I, that's, that's the thing. They, they say in this book, like, you know, it's, totally. all about, it's all about where you feel you need to be financially. And it's like, if you, you know, if you always feel that you're just going to be scraping by, yeah, you can get a lottery winning and then blow it all. And then you'll be back to zero because that's where you're your mindset is right so it's all about how you look at money and you can have a good relationship with money and you know before this I was just like you know I went from a situation where I was like okay well money comes when it does and you just have to make the best of it and that's not the worst attitude in the world but now I'm starting to be like okay I'm about sustainability I want sustainability for my bands but even then that in some situations isn't enough so now i'm like okay i want to i want my solo career in antigua to come from a place of abundance and wealth and i don't think that's a bad thing because you know what um the more money you have as long as you do it in a very integral way uh the more you can make your art better you can have happy musicians around you happier musicians I, i don't care what anyone says happy musicians are best in their creativity when they're in a better place when you're depressed you don't want to do anything but when you're happy you're creating uh, telling the story of your dark place so um you know i i see how that can change but i'm i'm definitely like i i can tell like i'm not an idiot i can tell the way some bands do it and if it's coming from a place of i'm greedy and i'm lazy and i want my money you'll make a few sales because some fans love you so so much but the overall mm-hmm. fan base isn't fooled. But then if you do something that is really like, you feel it's, it's your creative expression, but it's, it's going to the fans as a, like an album, right? Like a place of healing, something to better your fans' lives. That is going to make a greater impact. And, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm really starting to see like, okay, what's really worth selling on my shop? What's really worth creating? What's really going to make my fans feel like I'm doing something special for them and that getting in that mindset of abundance, like putting the abundance of your fans first will bring back the abundance to your art. I really feel is, is the best concept to take away from any of this. Absolutely. And I think what, I think what you do really well 
um, is something Curtis and I try to do. You know, it's like um, that Snoop Dogg lyric about I'm a muzzle, I'm a motherfucking hustler. Like, <laughs> but, it's, but, but it's like that idea of like, if you're like authentic, like this is what I fucking do and I'm going to fucking go for it. People yeah. get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's the same thing with this harp album. I was just like, should I do it? Should I not? Like I was really unsure and I was really like wavering. And then, you know, I went and did a live and we were just talking about arranging and playing and it was extremely successful and everyone's excited about it. I'm like, you know what? I need to trust more in my ideas and have that confidence. And it's like, if I'm excited about something, my fans are going to be excited about something because it is coming from that genuine place. Like I don't believe in, I know this is going to sound really mean and I'm not trying to be a, a, a little shit, but like, what is the point in making all of the, you know, the bottle openers and the belt buckles and the bandanas and all this extra stupid overprinted merch. What is the point of doing that? Like, you know, know your culture, listen to your fans when they ask for things, absolutely give it to them, especially if that's the majority want. I do that through my surveys, but yeah. you know, slow down for a second and come back to doing those, those unique projects, doing the album. And of course, like finding a way, like listen to your fans, like they will never steer you in the wrong direction. If there's like, let's say you've got a fan base, like in my, I'm sitting comfortably at 40 K, but I'd say about 600 really give a shit, right? And they're the yep. ones always filling up my surveys and responding and chatting and they're great. I listen to them and if, and, and, you know, they inspire me because when those surveys come back, I'm just like, wow, okay. I didn't know that like a lot of you actually write your own poetry and sketch. So I'm going to eventually make a sketchbook with blank pages and ruled pages and you know, I'm going to sign every copy and, and send it out to you and be like, here, I wish you well in your creativity, right? Like they inspire me and then hopefully in return, I can inspire them. But that, I just believe that when you're, you're coming from a place of genuine creativity and you want the best, like, I don't feel like offering out belt buckles, bandanas, and bottle openers, unless that's what your fans are requesting. But in my case, I don't feel like by offering those out, that's genuine or inspiring, Unless maybe the bottle opener was like a, a gothic Victorian key, which would be very in my culture. But that's the thing. Like, that's the last thing. It's like, why the, why the heck do I want this bottle opener? I want a harp album. That's going to, like, they're going to have something to listen to while they're at home. or you Trying know, to open their bottles because they don't have a Lindsay Scorecraft <laughs> bottle opener. <laughs> I feel like, Matt, you're the only person who wants this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, but I think what you're saying, is, but you're making a really good point, which is like... You know, um, and I talk about this with advertising, you know, sometimes it's like, it's like, it's cool that you can make something, but do people give a shit about it? And there's no right. point in selling something if people don't give a shit about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing too, is you're going to be out like a ton of cash if you make like the wrong product for your fans too. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I've seen some of the most successful people out there. I've seen them do it. We all, we all, I think we all make that mistake once yep. in our yep. careers. Uh, for example, printing a thousand CDs 10 years ago of my first band, I still have 30 of them listed on my shop. Oh God. <laughs> Only 30? Later. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. good. Uh, because it's a piece of my past and there's new fans that don't own it. But 
those a lot of the songs will never be redone again so they're owning a little piece of history and then it's gone forever and it's all about how you know again tell the story what's the story if it has an epic story people are about it there yeah. you go yeah. as we head towards the end um mm -hmm. do you want to give us your juno acceptance speech okay that's awesome I love you guys. Now I'm going to get awesome. emotional. Okay, we have more than enough time. Here we go. Okay, because I rehearsed this. I rehearsed I, this. I, I figured so. you would. That's why I'm giving you this. out. I, I was like, I, I, I feel like that. she would appreciate this. This is awesome. Okay, I'm going to just take a minute to pretend I'm in the dress. I'm at the podium, and now I'm getting really emotional. Okay, so here it goes. Okay, so I knew I would be emotional. So I started off like this. Like, hi. I'm Lindsay from Oshawa, and I did not expect this to happen, so I wanted to say thank you to the Junos and Karis for this amazing um, opportunity. I'm honored. I also want to acknowledge everyone else nominated in this category, because it is no secret that you all work incredibly hard and sacrifice so much. Uh, God, guys, I'm really emotional. Um, I want to say thank you to my mom, my dad, and my sister, and my partner Dylan for sticking by me, especially the last three years through up, all the ups and downs. I want to thank Rocky Gray for writing this album with me and taking a chance on me, Productions for producing it with me, and Spencer Cregan for your incredible orchestral work. I also want to thank everyone else who appeared on this album, including my best friend Zen. Um, that sounds made up. It's not. Uh, <laughs> I also want to send out a massive thank you to my small freelance team, especially Cheyenne McNenley, Curtis Dewar, and um, Lindsay Martin O'Brien for your incredible work and patience and dedication. Whew. I also want to send out a big thank you to Leah and the Savvy Musician Academy for making this all possible. And uh, also a special thank you to Cradle of Filth and Inertia Entertainment. And last but not least, I want to say thank you to my fans all over the globe for your love and dedication. You're the reason I never gave up, so thank you. Awesome. Yeah, that was really good. That was really touching. Thank that you. Was. I got really emotional. Thank you for letting me have that moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, I'm going to go cry now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Point being, thank you for coming on the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. <laughs> you have been Are listening. Are we done yet? I don't like how the window between the thank you for listening and the Are We Done Yet gets smaller with every episode. Uh, I don't like it either. But Matt, quit drawing. <laughs>